Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. I am thrilled that my guest today is the great Corey Stahl. Corey is uh, about to premiere uh, in season six uh, after a bravura performance in season five of Billions, uh, about to premiere again as Michael Prince, Michael Thomas Aquinas Prince in Showtime's Billions, a series with which I have more than a passing familiarity. The show comes back this weekend, this Sunday night, and uh, you can see it anywhere uh, on Showtime anytime, on Showtime on the air. And, uh, and for David and me, uh, getting to work with Corey on the show is a really big deal. We'll talk about this a bit, but we had tried, the three of us, to find a way to do this for a number of years. And uh, man, Corey, you've just delivered so much for us, and it's just such a pleasure to have you in the show. So thanks for being here today, and thanks for coming aboard Billions with us, man. Thank you, man. That was a really, really nice introduction. Well, it's uh, it, it's true. Um, l- let me start here because we're going to uh, we'll go backwards. And I've been reading. It's been fun reading some press, you know, because uh, you and I work together, but we work together very much in the present. We're not really talking about personal histories that much. Uh, when we first met, of course, we got each other's histories. But I want to start in the present here and I want to ask you, how are you feeling right now, like in this moment with season six of Billions about to launch with you, uh, you know, really right out in front there on the posters and in the trailers and and the show clearly being, you know, the lens of the show clearly focused. Um, obviously, it's still focused on Paul and Maggie and Asia, but really focused on you. And and how does it all feel to you? I feel great. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, it's been good to have a little rest from the marathon, uh, half of season five, all of season six, uh, run that we had. And, uh, it's, you know, it's been, it's, it's relentless and it's been really great to just have a, have a moment and think back on, on all that we accomplished over these last nine months. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited for for, for the audience to uh, to see what we did, and, and and you know, it's so funny. Like I've done some interviews, you know, that sort of trying to sort of wrap up the, what the season is and who this guy is, and you know, I I I have one, you know, sort of window on 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 what this whole story is and 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 it's going to be interesting to see you know what what it really is from from you know thirty thousand feet yeah i think that that's right and of course to play the character you have to see him and the events a certain way i would imagine and that may be consonant with what the audience sees and it may be discordant with what the audience sees yeah and and of course the audience is not you know, a monolith. And I think, uh, it'll be, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting. We talked about this a little bit before, but I remember, uh, this was even just from the, this was somebody talking to somebody right after the first half of season five. Um, and they're like, Oh yeah, you're on that show. You play that, that, that really bad guy. I'm just like, which bad guy? Like who's (laughs) not a bad guy on that show. And who's like, (laughs) It was just really interesting, and it was a, it was a clue to sort of how 
the audience's allegiances, uh, you know, how, how you get it and how it can shift. And, you know, that was that was really the main task, I think, with with especially the first part of season six was how do I turn this guy who took everything from the guy that the audience loved and uh, and make you care about him? Right. And we can, you know, ourselves all prosecute you know, why the audience's allegiances in certain visceral ways m might be at odds with their intellectual understanding or what they would even say if we just described who these characters were on on paper. Right. right. And I, 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 I it was very rewarding today to see like that piece on the ringer, though, that seemed to really understand what we were all trying to do with Mike Prince and how the character was bringing us in, in into this uh, season. But but I did have a, a, something I, I wanted to ask you, which is how do you manage your internal state with all the externalities an actor has to deal with? Like, what do you have in place for your mental hygiene through this kind of, not just like the white hot spotlight thing, but through all of it, through, through everything that you have to navigate? You know, it's the same, it really is the same thing that I think gets one through life. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's about that constant um constantly remind yourself to be in the present uh it's the, it's the most sort of cliche basic thing but it is a lesson that um is the hardest to really uh master um but that is why i'm an actor i think on a on, on, a, on, a, on a certain deep level is that it it gives an opportunity to 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 be in the moment. There's you're only saying the lines that you're saying at the moment, and if you try to say the lines that you just said, or you just try to say the lines that you're about to say, <laughs> it's going to sound pretty weird. Um, and so you know, you know, I think there are times where I would say, oh, this is this is this is a big deal. This is a sort of a unique circumstance. Um, you know, coming in uh five seasons in six seasons in um and you know i could feel the pressure but every time that i just focused on the words that were on the page the actor that was in front of me the the set that i was on the director that was there um that's that was that's all you need and that's that, that uh, that's really centering yeah i would find it amazing when you and i would have a conversation ex parte, you know, away from set, oh, how, how it could get into all sorts of uh, hamleting on both of our sides, you know, <laughs> and, but right, because we can go, you know, we could have a, a very wide ranging conversation kind of 360. But then on the day when you're when we're doing it, it's a much more sort of targeted, focused, like you said, search for the present at all times. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, I mean, I think in any sort of collaborative uh, venture, especially an artistic venture, like you, you need to you need to step back and you need to sort of get a, a, a view of what you're doing. But if you stay in that world, you know, you can really. I've been in I've been in processes where you know, especially in theater, um, where <laughs> like you're like in the middle. Like you do, you should, you do it. You you run a scene once, and then you like sit for like a half an hour talking about like 
what the scene would be like if we were to do it. Uh, and it's like, well, why don't we just do it? Um, and in sometimes in, in in television, the the speed is uh, is an asset. You know that it's like, okay, we have to make this choice. You know, what does this line mean? What is this guy's intention? What is this relationship? And go for it. And you know, if it's not working, then you deal with it then. But um, I think I think sometimes the the ruminating can be uh, can be a trap. Yeah, I and it's funny because it can also be the greatest strength, right? Like the ruminating you do ahead of time can really open something up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and uh, you know, and often the the like the times that I've the times that I've like done a play or even you know the the huge break that we had between the second yes. the two parts of season five. Uh, you know, I think my subconscious because when we started, I was in the middle of playing Macbeth, and right. so it was like this crazy schedule where I was like, you know, I I do the play, then get picked up by a car drive up to New Paltz in yeah, the snowstorm. Right, yeah, for when we did the conference, you know, yes. And do like, you know, 20 pages in two days, come back down, you know, do it again. And so I was, I didn't, I was just sort of, you know, I could, I really could only see one step ahead of me. Uh, and then suddenly this full calendar year gap to sort of let the character soak in a little bit. And I think, I think there was a, it really did work on me. There was, I, I found myself so much more um, present uh, when, when we came back. And maybe also just super grateful to be working after not working for a year. Well, I mean, all of us, but the, it's, it's funny, I have some questions about being present and I'm gonna ask you later that I, I, I wrote down, but you just reminded me, you know, there was this moment, Corey, when you and I were standing under this giant staircase outside of the room where you had the conference with, uh, where you and Axe are on stage having that conference. And um, we were standing under this like overhang, I guess. And, and um, you had had, you had a AirPods in and you had just been talking to me about an hour earlier, you had a series of questions, something about it was like amorphous. And I looked at you and you had these headphones in and you were kind of bobbing your head and you took them out for a second. You said, I got it. I said, what? You go, I got it. It just happened. I got the guy. Watch, you go like, watch this next thing. I think I got him. And you did, you had him. And uh, I don't even know if you remember it, but it hit me because I was like, as a, in my job, you're constantly aware of when you want to talk to an actor when you don't. Mostly you don't. Mostly you want to let an actor do what they do. No, right? Mostly you want to let an actor do their thing when they're doing their thing. But sometimes an actor needs to talk. And, uh, and I remember that moment. Uh, He's got it. We went back in and you did. Do you do you remember the ways in which you 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 locked in? Because of course you didn't audition. There was no anything. It was just like, here, we wrote this part for you. Want it? Yes. Um, in a way. So do, do you remember Prince locking in at different at, at different stages along the way? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more like that than than in a linear way. Um, you know, I think you know, a, a, a character is a combination of the ideas and words that the writers have and the and the actor and all the physical stuff and the, and the actors are they're, they're acting with. And, you know, there's a lot of information 
that you have to sift through. Yeah. Um, and you know, words have different meanings when you, you know, when, when, a, when a director uh, is talking to an actor, they might say like, uh, you know, use, you use some word, like I want you to be more uh, confident, which is one of my <laughs> pet peeves. <Sure. laughs> it's yeah. the worst thing you could tell an actor. Oh, I'm not confident. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> that really fills me with confidence. Um, but, you know, but, you know, but the director might, um, you know, might read confidence as um, aggression. Another person might read confidence as just comfort in one's own skin. You know, they, these, you know, and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, people we're, we're talking past each other when we're trying to sort of create uh, a character for a moment. And, um, so I, you know, it's it's all about trying to be open and trying to listen. Uh, and but sometimes you just you you can't. Sometimes you're just not there. And then sometimes it really comes from the side. Um, and sometimes it's not until you get your shoes and you're like, oh, okay, that, that's what this guy is, you know. Or, right. Or, that you know. suddenly you, yeah, feeling suddenly yeah. the feeling of I'm I'm this. What I felt looking at you in this one moment was like you looked up at me and you just said I got him, and I was like, yep. Yes, it just felt right to, to me. And that was before we shot that before the boat entrance, which the boat entrance. <laughs> so the guy, but obviously something happened that allowed you, you know, uh, to really become that guy who entered off the seaplane, you know, where it, it seemed from the outside, I mean, from as close as I could be to it, but from the outside, like suddenly you were comfortable in that skin, like you mm. were comfortable in the skin of my prince. Well, and, and, and you know, comfortable in his skin is the defining characteristic of Mike Prince. Uh, and that is the, yeah. that is the joy and the challenge of the role, you know, because it's like, you know, to be 100% confident and, and comfortable in your skin and to be home wherever you are, you know, for Mike Prince, every room that he steps into is his living room. Yes. And, you know, and everybody else is a guest and, um, you know, so what a privilege, what a, what a, you know, it's so much fun to be able to play that role. But, you know, when you're doing it 12 hours a day, you know, four or five days a week, it, 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 it can be hard to, to, to maintain. And so that's, that's sort of the constant play. Because if we're not that person, that for people who aren't like that, it's a tremendous energy drain to have to be that guy in a room. Yeah, it is. It is. And, but it's also like the, the the most pleasurable license to be yes. able to, especially you know i have all these you know number of scenes in michael prince cap in the the bullpen there which is really yes. sort of like a big amphitheater and you know it's sort of the no nobody else is really talking it's just me you know making a speech and i have a bunch of these scenes and uh you know, there's no, there's no percentage in sort of being humble at that point. You know, like there's there, there's there's nothing to be gained from, um, from 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 humility there. Like he is the guy who owns that room, and it, it it's a gift to myself and to the story to 
to to take that in and to appreciate it and to love it and to love taking that space and taking that time. Yeah, I I I agree with that, and I feel it when when you do it, and it's really at. I mean, that's part of what I've loved seeing people write about it is their understanding of of this guy as a king in a way and a very different king than the other ones who've been on the on the show. You know, I want to I talk about um, when you said like the key is it's the same thing as in acting when I asked you how you're managing your state through all of this through, you know, even though in no way is it a referendum on you, a person in your position, I, you know, I know from experience because, you know, it's definitely a referendum on me and Dave and all the rest of it, like every time, you know, every episode I feel like is even though it's not, it's a referendum on whether we've done our thing. But I was talking to um, I was talking to Sad Guru the other day from India, great uh, Indian um, mystic and uh, guru. And, and, and he was talking about a fundamental misunderstanding we have of the Buddha. And, and, and he was saying, you know, you'd want someone who would just like spout wisdom. Of course, the Buddha was all was about being empty. And I said, meaning the presence thing, I said, so like emptying. And he went, no, no ing, no ing, not emptying, <laughs> empty, <laughs> which for is so difficult for people like us. So it's one thing to say, I want to be present, but what do you do to actually, you know, exist in the present without the anxiety and neurosis and all the rest of it? Because obviously you have to. So how do you get yourself to do that? Because saying be present almost triggers the opposite, right? No, it doesn't. I'll tell it's strange. Me. It's like it's like you know. If I get the uh, the direction, be confident. That will shrink my balls to nothingness. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that's from the outside. Yes. You you know to to take it in to actually take in what is happening in the room, what the words are you're saying, you know who you're talking to, everything. Um. Sometimes it's at cross purposes with um, being, you know, the number one winner in the world. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hot or it's cold or uh, everybody around you is grumpy and not really interested in what you're doing. And, you know, I mean, all the things that happen um, on a set uh, or in life. But paying attention fully to anything is always going to be super rewarding, you know, and, yes. and, and so, and so, yeah, so I, 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 I have varying degrees of success at that, but you know, I, you know, when I'm grumpy on set or feel I'm, I'm, I, I can't make these lines real or, um, you know, or I'm having uh, sort of anxiety in any way. I, I, I do remind myself, and I think this year of being away from work has really reminded me of what uh, incredibly great job <laughs> I have, and like what a what a what a gift it is, you know, um, to to be able to operate with you know 
at this level with 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 these people. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I I find that helpful, and and sometimes I don't remind myself, and you know, a whole scene or a whole day or a whole week yeah. can go by. I was like, oh shit, I forgot to actually fucking enjoy what take, I was doing and yeah, take it be in, there. And breathe. Uh, yeah, I do here. Yeah, yeah, but the artificiality of creating drama. Of, 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 t- of making a TV show focuses yourself on uh, actually on the present in a weird way. It's absurd. You know, you're in the middle of, you think you're, you know, in, in, you know, midtown in this office building and then you see the, the backdrop wobble and, you know, you pick up, you know, some object and it's, you know, it has the name of a rental a prop rental house on it. There's, there's, there's all these things that are sort of absurd and, um draw your attention actually to where to 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 the fact that you're what you're doing yes it's interesting uh yeah we i i I will have those moments where because it's so important to me and to us and and to live in the reality of this and to get it right and the stakes of it and then sometimes yeah i'll walk back behind the drops and i'll see the other side of the drop and it's like that's not new york city it's a painting you know uh, and uh, I'll be aware of it too. But I, 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 you know, you said something that that led to a bunch of thoughts for me suddenly, which is a huge difference between being a writer and an actor is in the way we have to receive bad notes and uh, or notes that we don't quite understand at first, because a writer can go off and uh, rage to the rain you know walk and take a walk in the rain and rage (laughs) and uh leave it all behind and then try to sift through it and three days later can attack the scene differently and rewrite Mm -hmm. the scene and an actor has to take a note if they know that the that the world of the thing isn't against them but is in fact trying to serve the larger picture and these people giving me the notes aren't an idiot so how what is your process how have you taught yourself to translate an quickly a note to not um to internalize the good of the note but to get rid of the part that makes you you know want to take your costume off and sit down in the middle of the floor and <laughs> just you know like bang like bam bam on the ground or something you know because all of us who are artists yeah. can get very frustrated. so how do you how did you learn that and and, and what is your self-talk around that well there's two different kinds of notes that make you uh go crazy there are the ones that don't make any sense or you really disagree with and you feel like you're you're being led down a blind alley and then there are the ones that hurt so much because they're true Ooh, <laughs> right yeah. uh and uh i don't know which is worse but um <laughs> but they 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 you know it, they, i mean that's the part that can, can drive you crazy because you know it, either you sort of need to say the serenity prayer you, you know you need to know the, the have the wisdom to, to 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 know the difference and that can be very hard to, to to parse out and so that at that point you have to you have to let go, you know, I, I've, you know, occasionally you, you find a hill that you're going to die on. 
Um, but it, it it's it's really worth it, and I'm so conflict averse that <laughs> I, don't, I tend not to do that. I try. I really I I want so desperately to please the director. That's my you know it's 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 almost a neurosis. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you just, you, you, you want to, you know, acting actors have to be both the most adult person in the world and the most childlike, you know, you have to be open and playful and vulnerable. Uh, but then you also have to hit your marks and say your lines and be super aware of your surroundings, but be, but be playful. <laughs> um, and so, you know, being in a position where you're resisting a, a note is really, um, it's really costly because it totally shifts you into the adult zone. It totally makes you self-aware and self-conscious. And then, you know, I've had this, I've had the, the situation where I've, you know, disagreed vociferously about a note, so you know it's got to go this way, and then I and then, and then sort of won or like got my opportunity to do it the way I wanted to do it, and just the the effort and the shift yeah. of perspective that it took to 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 have that yes. argument made yeah. me unable to act. Um, yeah. So it's kind of lose lose. Uh, <laughs> But how do you do that? What is the process by which, like, let's say there's a kid who's about to do a, a play at college listening and or a film at college, like more for the thing. And, you know, they have a day and there's a note that, that she gets that uh, that viscerally sparks, like you're saying, that reaction, which is either, oh, no, you've hurt me because you don't know or you fucking idiot. So, you know, uh, how do you what's the sort of process by which you get it out of your body so you can do the work or is that just time? I mean, it's really, it's breathing, you know, it's really, it it's is, it's, it, it's it, like the breath is, is, is everything. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, telling, telling somebody who's upset, you know, you take a few deep breaths. It's like, that's really <laughs> fucking annoying, but um, yeah, I do. I definitely find myself uh, doing that. Uh, reminding myself, reminding myself to breathe all the time um no oh that yeah that's fantastic you know the we we end um that that episode i think like the third episode of the first season you're in with that remember to breathe that song and and by Sturgis mm -hmm. simpson and and uh i remember really thinking about that title a lot uh and, and how it is like the very best most nurturing advice you can give almost anybody. And yet, like you say, it, it sparks such the opposite reaction sometimes to tell someone. Oh, yeah. But but do you literally say that to yourself, Corey? And then do you do it? Do you have a way that you breathe through those challenging moments to like I see because the art, I guess what I'm trying to get at is we all in, in life, especially artistic people can take on board these emotions. If someone says something to us, and and casting it out somehow in a, in, so that we're free to be back to ourselves so crucial i mean is that a conscious process you go through very quickly yeah yeah i mean i think i i, I think very often it's not I, the the thought to breathe often doesn't doesn't pop into my head it's often you know there's so much going around 
me. You know, there's lights everywhere. There's, you know, multiple cameras in my face. I have to look at a piece of tape instead of the person I'm talking to because of we want a tighter eye line. And there's just all there's just like a lot of extra stimulation. And especially after a year of, you know, being oh, yeah. at home, uh, suddenly yeah. being you know, surrounded by hundreds of people. Um, you know, was, was, I had to sort of relearn how to, how to, how to have grace in that, um, maelstrom. Um, but yeah, you, you just a slow breath in a slow breath out and just try to try to get back to neutral, back to a parasympathetic, uh, nervous response instead of a sympathetic one. That's great. That's really useful. It's amazing how much just being aware of the somatics system and its effect on your emotions is helpful, right? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, because, because it, 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 you know, fight or flight is, it, it's like, it's real. Yes. Like, you know, you, if, 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 if there are hundreds of people wait, you know, waiting for you to do something, and you don't feel like you can either do it right or you feel like you're doing it right. And other people, you feel like they don't think you're doing it right. Uh, it, that's that could be, you know, real panic mode. Um, and that's a lot, a lot of 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 performing is managing that anxiety. Yeah, I think that's really true. Is that part of why you don't generally watch as you, you know, you don't watch yourself mm -hmm. much as you're going for the same reasons? I think so. You know, I, I, it's just, you know, that's, you know, it's talking about that sort of like adult childlike dichotomy, you know, like I feel like when I watch myself, you know, my adult critical brain takes over. Um, and it's, you know, that, that, that part of my brain already has too much power. And so, you know, the more that I can just actually be there and, um, you know, not, you know, even while I'm doing it, you know, have the license. Like I never have to watch this. Is, oh is, yeah, is that's free. great. Oh, that's fascinating. It's not that the act of watching it, but it's the, it's the, the thought that's amazing, Corey, the thought that you can say to yourself in it, I'll never need to know. I'll never need to know what this looks like from the outside. <laughs> no, that's, I can feel yeah. how that is so freeing. Yeah, I mean, and look, I'm not, um, I don't think it's the healthiest relationship to what I do. I, I, I wish I, it was easier for me. I wish, you know, I know other actors who, you know, are constantly going back and looking at playback and, you know, calibrating their performances to it. And, you know, you know, actors who direct themselves and edit themselves. Um, maybe I'll get there someday, but uh, I feel like my energy is best place elsewhere and not sort of beating myself up about not watching myself. Yeah, you know, well, before we officially cast you, and I, I want to talk about that moment because it was so, I'm sitting in the office where you and I and David had that conversation or that series of conversations. Um, mm -hmm. But I called Maggie Sif, Dave and I did, and we were like, talk about Corey, because I don't, I don't know if the audience knows, but you and Maggie have been very close friends for a really long time. You were in grad school together, right? Acting yeah, together. Yeah. And, you know, she obviously just couldn't have spoken more highly of you. She said, one great thing about Corey is he is fearless. 
And uh, it was sort of, she was like, he is just fearless. He will dive in. And um, I've never heard you describe yourself that way. And I'm wondering if that's something you, <laughs> I'm wondering if that's something you recognize or you understand where that's coming from. Um, God, I, 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 no, I, 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 I don't, I don't think, I don't think I could describe myself that way, but, you know, and I think, you know, one thing that's, that, that, that I, I, I try to focus on as I become more well-known and people, and there is a body of work that people yes. bring with, uh, you know, assumptions about me, like, I, 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 I never, I never want to be thought of as somebody who's safe. You know, I never, I like, I, 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 I never want. I, 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 I also pride myself in trying to be in the same world uh, of any project that I. No, I'm trying. Like that, the, yes. the idea is not to be eccentric for the sake of it you know i don't i don't want to be one of those actors like oh yeah he's doing that thing and wow what a crazy way he said that line or moved his body uh i mean although it's just some great actors who are sort of like that uh i'm just not a deeply well, weird but person that's, in that but way. that's who they really are like if chris right. walken christopher walken is christopher walken john malkovich who's someone i love and have worked yeah, with extensively yeah. for 25 years yeah john is not doing any of that for effect that's yeah. the way he mm. sees the world. And that's right. what he's, that's, <laughs> that is like how he sees the universe as a performer, as an artist. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of young actors, uh, you know, they're, they, they, they see that and they, there is this sense that, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to cultivate um, this strange way of speaking, this very idiosyncratic, eccentric way of behaving uh, so that, you know, I will stand out and that's what acting is. Um, and, you know, I think that can, you know, some people that's interesting and some people it's just self-indulgent. Oh, that's brilliant. And you don't want to do that. Right. And you're saying that that's that down that road doesn't lead to the stuff you get the reward from out of doing. Yes. That. That, but I also don't like what, one of my favorite moments in any movie, there's this, movie um, called Unfinished Peace for a Player Piano. It's this Soviet film that was sort of based on uh, a couple Chekhov uh, uh, unfinished plays. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's Chekhov. It's like, there's just like, everybody's had their heart broken and betrayed and, laughed and cried and danced and you know it's the end of the night and you know this you know the the, the main character who's this womanizer intellectual you know he's been caught and his life has fallen apart and he just pauses and he like raises his arms up and does this airplane dance down the hill going just out of fucking nowhere it's just so bizarre and yet like 
perfect. Yeah, sure. It's just like, fuck it. Everything's everything's up in the air now. Uh, you know, there's no no point in 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 acting like a, a a polite member of society. Like, why not dance around like a weirdo? And he just leave, he just leaves, and that's his exit from the movie. <laughs> it's just like, um, you know, that that level of really being in the moment, understanding what the character is going through, honoring that, but not being so bound by normal rules of behavior. I mean, I think that, I think somewhere in there is where the best acting lies. That, that makes complete sense. What's the name of that film? I've never seen that film. What's the name of it? Uh, unfinished piece for a player piano. I'll watch that within the next three days. Um, <laughs> Because uh, a lot of people are going to now ask me about that on the internet, so I have to. Have, I will make sure to watch it. Um, I hope it. I hope yeah. it's streaming somewhere. I'll. It'll. We'll be well, able able to find it. Yeah, it's so. I mean, this is a deep point you're making about being an artist in general, which is like someone coming up with that because they thought it would make a moment would probably suck, right? Yeah. But but having that happen and going with it is the magic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and it takes it takes a community to make a moment like that. Do you know what I mean? That um yeah, I I I don't know, but I'm assuming that this group of actors had all acted together a lot. They probably rehearsed the shit out of this and then went and, and shot it. And um you know, it yeah, it takes us it takes a certain amount of trust and a common language. To, to as an actor have the faith faith that you can step outside of the bounds of normal human behavior uh and it's still telling the same story that everybody else is telling yeah well you, you bring up the the whole idea and even as you talk about this it's clear of, of intellectuals this character being an intellectual and the other day you know you co you come from intellectuals Corey. the other day i heard you describe your dad as a, a teacher which is you know yeah that's true but more than that, I mean, he was a leading force for progressive education and he kind of like developed the pedagogy for the Beacon School, right? The yeah, really yeah. first progressive public school in New York. And um, can, can you just talk a little bit about how that environment set you up for a life as mm. an artist? Uh, you know, in, in not because not just that he was a teacher, which is in itself an intellectual, incredible pursuit. But but beyond that, as I say, he was part of this pedagogical movement of, you know, changing the way we think about what it means to be an educated person I mean, yeah i mean i don't know how much of that uh i was really aware of growing what do you, you mean, know, I mean he, well i mean i knew you know he he was a uh, a junior high school uh teacher uh until i was like a junior in um in high school uh, and then in, 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 in 93, that's when he, he formed the Beacon School. Uh, and then, and then he was the principal and, and the driving force behind that. And, um, I knew that he, but I, it wasn't like, you know, it, it, it wasn't like I grew up with this non-traditional, uh, education. Uh, you know, I, I, I went to public high school and it was all, you know, and I think I think a lot of what drove him was seeing the the education that me and my brother are getting and how um, 
fine it was, how it was fine, but it was not, you know, it wasn't great. Um, and, uh, you know, but I think, I think before that, you know, he, I think, you know, growing up looking at the books on the shelf and, you know, he would take me to plays. I mean, I remember, I remember when, you know, like the public theater is really nice now. But I remember when it was a shithole. I remember it was just like right. drywall and like, you know, one broken toilet down, you know, on the first floor. And um, and it was so thrilling. Like, I just I it, it just felt so cool to be down there and to the fact the fact that it was dirty and cold and, um, you know, everybody there seemed kind of scruffy um was really romantic and um i you know so you know whenever and i think you know i would occasionally go to broadway shows but in general i think the tickets that he could uh, you know afford were, were were off broadway um and a little bit later when my my grandmother started taking me to plays, she she would take me to some broadway uh shows um but i think i you know for myself, I think, you know, growing up, knowing that, you know, the production values are not what makes the art. It's the, yeah. it's the ideas, it's the energy, it's the creativity, it's the, you know, um, and, you know, I think that, that was, that was a really rich um, set of experiences for me. And, and then, of course, just, you know, sitting around the, the dining table, it was, you know, we, we were talking about politics and um, grammar. <laughs> well, no, yeah, of course. I mean, I, that makes complete sense. But how did, I mean, how did this idea of you becoming an artist of some sort, how did, how did that kind of bloom in, in you? And, and how was it? How was it received or nurtured by the environment um, at, at home? Um, you know, it was interesting. I think there was there was a lot of tension within me about it. I, you know, I remember, you know, the the, um, uh, the Metropolitan Opera Company did this. I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was this incredible program where they would go to elementary schools and get the kids to come up with ideas for a musical. They, they'd, you know, get kids, some kids to be writers, some kids to be actors, some kids to make the sets, et cetera. And, um, and then they would have professional uh, writers come in and actually make a, 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 this, this little musical uh, for it. And, I don't know if it was uh, because in in the past they everybody had wanted to be an actor and they had trouble getting stage managers, but like right. they really sold that how cool it would be to be a stage manager, and I totally like bought that and I was like, that's what I want to be. And my teacher was like, no, you're you're an actor, Corey, um, which was like what? Um, no, they actors... rec they recognize that. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm I'm an intellectual. I'm 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 serious and I'm humble. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, it, it, I don't want that attention. And she's like, we'll see. And 
then they had everybody audition and uh uh you know we used to do a little improv of a you know and i i played somebody dying of thirst in the desert and you know just a really dragged out death um and you know got a lot of laughs and yeah. it was just like that, that that first hit of pure dopamine it was just i was hooked um and did that change your your sort of how you thought of yourself because I've, I've heard you talk about that you were big in certain ways and and sort of you know uh uh you know an, an outsider by physical appearance in certain mm -hmm. ways uh as you grew up and um, i mean did did that help can did that ability as you discovered in yourself help help to connect you or did it keep did you stay an outsider and find a different group well i think you know i i, I went to when i went to high school i was at the uh, high school for performing arts so right. it was yeah. not uh, you know, it wasn't the typical high school where there's the jocks and, you know, uh, it yes. was like, so, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's, that was something that I got out of, out of acting when I was younger was, you know, you need, you, you need all these different types of people to tell a story. And, you know, uh, it's great to have beautiful people on stage. We would like to look at beautiful people, but, you know, they also want to look at not so beautiful people. Um, and, you know, sometimes you need the character who is tall and sometimes short, sometimes fat, sometimes skinny. And as a, as a obese kid, I had a purpose. I had a, I had a, I had a, a reason to have people look at me yeah. and um, approve of, of me um, without having to, you know, without having to hide. Um, and, you know, I think that, that, that gave me an incredible sense of belonging um and purpose and and you know at a certain point it became clear that being in that body was was very limited and you know it was it was interesting you know the, the 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 sort of um motivation to lose weight was as much for i remember this there's this one teacher who was you know we were coming up with our, our final showcase and he's like oh yeah you can play you know lenny or quasimodo right. yeah. <laughs> you know and i was just like oh i don't want to just play those guys like those are great roles but like um, i just the, the 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 joy of of acting is to is to live all these different lives and so try to get closer to a body that could live the I mean, it's amazing that that's the thing with all the other pressures in high school, that that's the thing that made you want to change your physical form was the work. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. I mean, and you know, getting laid. <laughs> right. But you're saying that secondarily, that's the standard yeah. thing, right? And yeah. it doesn't always, yeah. that's not always enough of a motivator, you know, because there's a fear yeah. attached to that. If you're right. Uh, well, if I well, lose it was the weight, also, I it still... Was, 
Yeah, but it was also, I mean, you know, I was, you know, frankly, I was a virgin in 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 high school and I didn't um I didn't have anything to lose. Like it wasn't, you know, whereas this sense that and in fact you did, I had, you did. I, yeah. right. <laughs> but yeah. like yeah. I didn't uh you know, I I I had an identity as right. an actor. I had a I I I felt a, a sense of accomplishment and a sense of a future. Yes. And to then be presented with this idea that huh. the you know that my behaviors and my lifestyle were going to narrow my opportunity and the um the the, the range of experiences that i can have uh, you know as an actor was was, was a, a rude awakening yeah wow that's deep man and sad and i'm so sorry you went through that uh really such I mean, difficult waters you know it yes it it was and you know it's 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 why i'm still in therapy yeah uh, of course but but it's also i i, I it's also like so it was such a gift um i think you know i think that experience uh gave me a sense of empathy and a sense of um having to consciously um love my body yeah you know the, i think you know you know the, i i never had that experience of and i mean not since i was very young that experience of just you know unconditional love for my body um and uh i think you know my experiences you know basically during puberty uh showed me you know like what a what a what a, what a gift that is i mean if there's anything it's just it's a it's a, you know it's it's a regret that i spent so many years not loving my body you know? yeah who you were hey right of yeah. course uh being an up man licorice pizza must have killed you i mean I licorice pizza. oh it's gonna destroy oh you're gonna uh, that's gonna destroy you oh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna well, i mean it's made it's like he made a movie for you like he just oh, made that movie for you Uh, just a, co a couple more things. Um, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, you talked about as more people come to know you. I want to talk about a couple moments, you know. Um, one, can you describe the before and after of the Hemingway of it all? Like, <laughs> did you, can you describe reading the part? Like, for so did you, did, did you get sides because i know that sometimes um you know that filmmaker doesn't give sides to people yeah so did you audition and yeah, yeah. what was that where were you in your career that was pre-house of cards just pre-house of cards yeah airing yeah. house of cards hadn't um, aired yet if you no i wouldn't have gotten house of cards if i hadn't done okay midnight in paris right. i don't think so who were um, you as an actor before midnight in paris who was i i you know i had i had done a fair amount of theater uh to you know i i uh i'd done a, i'd done a, a handful of movies and like 
a bunch of guest stars on 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 TV. Um, and I had been living in LA, and I and I and I uh, I, I had a big breakup and decided to move back to New York. And I said, okay, I'm going to focus on on theater. And uh, I did a view from the bridge that Scarlett Johansson was in, and and uh, that filmmaker uh, came to see us. And uh, uh, he oh, so he saw the show. you. So he saw you yeah. in a view from the bridge. Yeah, and I was playing this. You know, I was playing Marco, who was just the strongest, most masculine man in the world. Uh, you know, with a big mustache and a wig. And um, uh, and then I, I just got a call saying that there's a part for you and he wants to meet you. And, um, and nothing else. No, no sense whatsoever. Oh, you don't know it's Hemingway at this time. I don't know it's Hemingway. I don't know if it's shooting in France. I don't know who's in it. And uh, I don't know if it's a two-line part or if it's the lead of the movie. And uh, and so I'm waiting in the office, and I've I've heard the stories that sometimes he just sort of comes and look, looks you up and down and dismisses you, um, and so I was I was prepared for that, uh, but then his assistant said, "Oh, okay, uh, you know, it was like all very frantic," and I was like, "Oh yeah, they uh, he wants you to read something, and I have to find something," and she hands me these pages, and it says Hemingway, and I was like, "Okay, oh, this character's wow. name is Hemingway," and it's, and I'm like, "Is this Hemingway? Hemingway?" <laughs> Uh, and she's like, uh, yeah. Um, and I still don't know if it's like played against Sam, like if it's just like, uh, right. a vision or and it's a little unclear actually, even in the movie. Um, but then, so I had like 20 minutes to like, look at, oh, wow. look at this, these, this, uh, like two speeches and I mean, just, I mean, my heart just racing um and an, an awareness at the moment that this was a sort of a pivotal life moment you did that, you had an awareness oh, you, of it absolutely i was like you need to like i know you're nervous i know those um you know the, the, those anxieties or they, they they want to creep in there and they want to fucking sabotage you but don't do it you need to fucking get this role. You need to do it. There's no, there's no other option. You have to get this role. Oh, I love it. And, um, and you, and just like, you know, just like with Mike Prince, like you just have to will yourself to be the most confident man in the world. It doesn't matter if you're, you are or not, it's all make-believe. So give yourself the gift of just for this moment with that, you know, you like if you were to try to act like this all the time, you'd judge yourself. You'd think you were, you know, it's just not the way you, you, it's not that it's not, it's not your, the way you see yourself, but you can for these five minutes be the most confident. So just do that. Um, and I guess I did it. And, uh, and, I, and again, when we were filming it, um, I would have these moments like, Oh my God, I'm in fucking Paris. And, you know, and no, and, and, and I'm, listen, and, I, I haven't yeah. watched a Woody Allen movie in 10 years or eight years or something like that, but but there is no arguing. He's um, among the greatest filmmakers who ever lived. So you're sitting there with one of the greatest filmmakers who ever lived again before all the allegations really were public. And you're in, in scenes with Adrian Brody and all these other incredible actors. And I'm, I'm 
it must have been yeah. unbelievable. Experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm supposed to be like seducing Marion Cotillard, and so you know, it's like, <laughs> but like, you know, fuck it. Like, somebody's somebody's decided to that everybody in the room is going to pretend that this is a possibility, you know, <laughs> and so like, fuck it. I'll I'll join in this fantasy as well. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for my, I'm very grateful that I was able to do that because there were a lot of other forces in me that were, you know, little devils on my shoulder trying to sabotage me all along the way. And that was, that was a really important job. Um, and I, and that, what that job meant was that for the first time in my career, when I walked into any room, I had of something before that's, something something preceded me into the room uh and that's you know for for the um you know 10 years of my career that preceded that except for an occasional time when i was working with somebody again um every time i walked into an audition room i felt i had to both i had to do two things i had to play the part and i had to prove that i was a good actor which is the, right. you know, just like, it's like trying to, you know, somebody's telling you to be confident. It's just, that's a, an amazing distinction. That's a fabulous distinction because yes, yeah, still you could be in a situation where even with all you've accomplished, you know, tomorrow Martin Scorsese could call you and say, Hey, let's come play around on a role with me. And you might read with Martin Scorsese, but you wouldn't have to prove the second thing. You're a yep. good actor. You might have to prove you're right for the part, but that's a very different endeavor. That's an exploration. Yeah. That's playing yeah. together. That's totally different, I imagine, from your perspective than having to prove I am capable. Of. 100%, yeah. I hadn't thought of that in that way. It's really interesting. So related to that moment, Corey, I want to talk about, so I'll just very quickly tell the audience. So Levine and I had Corey come to a table read for a, a movie that the part was already cast, but we needed somebody who could really deliver um, uh, in a, 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 a part where someone was supposed to be very smart, very alpha, and the lead actor who was going to do this couldn't show up that day, and the producers reached out to, I mean, uh, to Corey, and Corey came to it was the first time we were ever in a room together, and you know, you blew us away, as we've told you many times. And uh, I'm wondering if in that day when you came and did that, you were aware of the fact that you'd put something across in that table read that was kind of like meaningful and really good. Or if it was just like eh, a day, I'm just kind of hanging out, doing a favor with some being with some famous people. Um, I can't really remember. I mean, I think I, I think I had a lot of fun. I yeah. think I think it's I think it was so. I think it's maybe maybe in some ways I, I did well according to you because i don't really remember but I, maybe i did well because it was not it was no there was no way it was my part you know yep. this, like the, yes. the, whatever was happening here i was just it was just for fun and um the, you know yes. so there was no it wasn't an audition i mean um, it was in that 10 years for 13 years later <laughs> like 13 years later we we were like hey want to be you know uh, at the top of the call sheet on our show. But the related moment I want to ask you about is, you know, you come to our office and, and we were all playing a little bit of a shadow boxing game because we had met early in the run of Billions. 
We talked about if we came up with the right part. You were like, yes, I'd love to do it, but it would have to really be something good. We offered you a one episode part once. You were very nice about it, but you were like, I, I don't think we should burn this on one episode. And then we had something, you know, we knew we were gonna, uh, David and I knew Damon was probably leaving the show. We would need somebody to fill a certain slot. But we also had another really important part that we needed someone who could do it that required real acting and would be high profile. And we had you come here and we sat with you and we talked to you about it. And we'd set it up in advance that everybody knew so you weren't expecting beyond that. And, and you said, yes, you were like, okay, guys, I hear you, I'll do this. And you were, came back for a second meeting and you said, yeah, I'll do it, I'm in. And right before you left, you were on our couch and you went, I just wanna ask you, are you sure this is what you want and there's not something bigger coming down the pike? Like before you give me this, and this one's gonna be high profile and it would have been a, like a really nice feather in your cap to do. And like, it's just not the kind of thing most people would ask in that spot. And of course, yes, David and I did have something else in mind and we were trying to make sure in our heads you were the guy. Uh, and uh, do you, I mean, I know you remember that cause that was recent and it was like a pretty ballsy thing to do. I mean, do you remember what was in your head when you, when you said that you're like, I'll do this, but are you sure? Like what was, did you have some notion? I can't, I mean, I, I mean, I think there was something about, and I think it was just, you know, in all three of the meetings that we had, I found myself walking out of the office and being like, Jesus, you were cocky in there, Corey. Like, I think there's something <laughs> about, uh, about 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 you guys and the way you love um you love cockiness and you 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 love um you know sort of uh you know people who you know who are chest forward and 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 uh and and and, and smart and um i think i was there was this sort of a sense of like this is this is a room that appreciates confidence. And, and I think I it just sort of like, that sort of came out of me in a way that I not necessarily always am. It was um, great because you left after asking that question to us and, and, and we were like, yes, Corey, this is the part you should do. And you said, okay, I'll do it. If you guys want me to do this, I will do it. And, uh, and you left and I remember Dave and I looking at each other and going like, uh, let's call him back in and tell him we wanted to do the other things. Then we had to, you know, we called Showtime and called everyone and we were like, all right, this is Michael Prince. And um, and to their credit, you know, they got it right away. They understood. And um, no one made you even go on tape and test or anything. It was like, this is our guy. And um, yeah, maybe part of it was the way in which you were able to sort of, you know, in a way become Michael Prince in the room was like, whether you knew it or not, uh, it was, it was powerful. Yeah, I think we're fascinated by those kind of people because like all of us have moments where we could be that, but it's like, you know, to be that smart and that like not fake cock, I would say it's like a deep kind of confidence more than cockiness that I'm, that I'm, uh, that's so compelling to me because people who earn that in a legitimate way are kind of remarkable. You know, you yeah. want to be around them. They 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 lead forces into battle sometimes for ill and sometimes for good but they get millions of people to follow them you yeah. know
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that's what the show's all about. It's 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 about um, you know people people maximizing their personalities and their intellects to leverage power. Uh, that's perfectly said, and it's a great place. Uh, it's not something artists get to do very often, and uh, so I think as artists, we're fascinated by people who can, you know. Um, Corey Stoll, thank you so much for doing this, man. And um, what a treat and an honor to get to work with you every day, man. Thank you so much. You too, man. Thanks for having me. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Folks, you can find me uh, at Brian Koppelman on Twitter. Corey's not really big on the social media. Uh, but uh, uh, watch Billions Sunday and, and all the rest of the days. There's lots of episodes for you to watch. All right, everybody. See you next time.